Jay Prague, the illustrious one, the bandwagon radio in full swing. You know how we do this thing, man. Hit that bell, subscribe right now so you get those notifications when we drop a new episode like this one right here. Another special edition of the Rundown segment right here on the Bandwagon Radio, where I, myself, Jay Prague, sits down with artists across the globe. Give them a chance to open up about their music, their personal life, and of course, you know we gotta drop that hot new music before the end of the show. Today, we got another special guest on the phone lines, hailing all the way from Orlando, Florida. Shalisha James is on the phone lines. How are you doing, Shalisha? Hey there. Doing great. How are you doing? I am great. Great. Pleasure to have you on the phone lines. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. My pleasure. Had a chance to check out the new record, Too Late. We're going to talk about that, of course. And I'll give you a chance to uh, introduce it a little later on in the show, okay? Cool. Cool, cool. But uh, let's open up a little bit for all my listeners out there. Let them find out a little more about Shalisha James. Uh, Great music, by the way, first and foremost. And um, I want to talk to you about the record myself. I'm an avid uh, listener. I'm a fan of music and great artistry. So I'm going to give you a little feedback what I thought of the record as well. But again, let's start for my listeners. Um, Talk to us about, you know, growing up, where you grew up, and how you got involved in music and entertainment, first and foremost. Well, my parents were entertainers. Um, they were both professional singers and uh, dad plays guitar, mom plays keys. Uh, dad also plays keys. Um, so they were duo the whole time I was growing up and I would go join them on gigs. I'd jump in and sing a few songs even when I was a, a little kid. And uh, by the time I was 11, I was on the road with them a lot and I started doing a lot of studio work. Um, I did the voice of Mitzi. Um, I have like a weird cult following with uh, people who are showbiz pizza fans because I was uh, Mitzi in the Rock of Fire Explosion nationally. Um, so if you ever went to a showbiz pizza, the, the cheerleader mouse was my voice. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I started doing that at a really young age when I was 11 and um, all the way until Chuck E. Cheese took them over. Uh, mm-hmm. So I had a, a recording deal with, uh, with, with that gig. And then I was doing a lot of jingles started singing on other people's albums, um, started singing at Universal Studios when they opened and I was 19 uh, in Orlando. And so I've, I've been a professional vocalist my whole life, but 
the crazy thing is I've sung on all kinds of albums with groups. Um, I have a group called Toxic Audio that's been Grammy nominated. That's done five albums. I've done all these really great recording projects, but never anything of my very own. Mm -hmm. And so um, my husband turned 50 this year earlier. And as my 50th birthday was around the corner coming up, you know, it just happened in November. We were talking about it and he said, you want a big party for your 50th? Because I threw him this big big bash right before COVID okay. in January. And I said, no, I want to do a solo project. I want to do an album um, since I've never had a chance to, to express myself as a solo artist before. And uh, once the pandemic hit, it gave us a lot of time and we were able to, to put some energy into it. And I came out of the year with a, a fun solo album that I'm super proud of. It spans the decades of my of my life so it's called five decades mm -hmm. wow that's beautiful that's that's a beautiful way to celebrate your birthday right there go ahead and step out on that ledge and do a solo project that's what i'm talking it, about exactly my 50th birthday present to myself so there you go. and then i ended up with a party anyway because i did like a, a very small cd release party so it wasn't mm -hmm. quite the blowout that it would have been if it hadn't been for covid but i got to get up and sing some songs with the musicians that helped me make the album and that's what made it really special is because I had over 20 musicians, um, mostly in Florida, but even a few out of state that were suddenly not on tour anymore because of the uh, because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so I had all these artists with uh, home studios that worked with us remotely and virtually on this album project. So um, it's really special in that it brought together some super talented people from all throughout my life, um, a lot of people who've even worked for my company that I was looking for ways to take care of them during this time. And so throwing them a little solo album work was, uh, was another great way to bring us together during this tough year. Wow. Beautiful, beautiful situation to where you're not only presenting a project and celebrating your life, but then being able to open up and, and, and find for others to come back and, and do what they love and enjoy. Exactly. Especially in those months of March, April and May, people were really struggling. Even as artists, we struggle with our identity if we're not out there doing what we do. Yeah. And so it was a great way to bring us together and to give us something to work on and to communicate about and remember why we're here in the first place and why we do what we do mm -hmm. for the love of it. You know, how is it working remotely uh, on this project? <laughs> it was a lot of phone calls and a lot of listening and then back and forth uh, with what our vision was. But mm -hmm. uh, it was really cool because a lot of people played on tracks together that never got in the same room with each other. And some didn't even know each other. Some have wow. still never met to this day um, because we were all working remotely. So I would, get, I would get a piano track in and it would speak to me and I'd say, this guy would sound great on bass. So I'd send it out his direction. I'd say, this is what we're after. We're kind of looking to to you know to have a different take on this like for example you give good love is a great example of um one of the songs that's on the album um i said i want instead of having that 80s to me whitney is the all-time greatest vocalist like mm. she's just the epitome of an amazing artist but the song you give good love the original track was so 80s in its feel and i said i want to do something kind of loungy and jazzy with it uh so i had a guy, uh, a jazz pianist play on it, a super talented guy named Ed, and he played piano on it. And then I was like, hey, this guy would sound amazing on bass. 
So I shipped it out to him and he lives in Ohio, a guy named Jeff. And then we got it back and we're like, this song needs, it needs sax. Mm. So I sent it to my other friend, Jose Fabio. Um, and none of those three guys have ever met in their lives, but they were picking up. It was almost like picking up the ball where the other one dropped it, mm-hmm. you know, just picking it up and, and taking it to the next, you know, the next spot in the relay or something. It was almost like running a relay. And, uh, and we really, people caught on very well from the initial communication because we had very few tweaks that weren't, um, part of even their original performance. Like we really were pleased with, with, they were catching the vibe. It was really fun. Oh, I definitely heard those horns in there. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love live music and live instruments. So I, I, this record definitely drew me in. Um, what was the purpose of the song? Um, of, of doing You Give Good Love, I've just always, what I wanted to do was take a listener through from the early 70s all the way through the last track is 2014. Mm-hmm. But I wanted, and it's a, it's very 80s heavy because I'm an 80s kid. Okay. Um, but uh, I wanted to take them through kind of my musical journey and songs that spoke to me during the era that they were popular. Um, songs that I love to sink my teeth into and perform. Mm-hmm. Most of them I've performed many times over, you know, during the course of my professional life. And, um, and I wanted to kind of present them in a way that maybe the listener hasn't heard them before um, in, you know, with a different flavor or a different style put on them and mostly to make them timeless because they are, you know, some of those songs are kind of stuck in the era that they were released in. And I wanted to give them uh, a, either a different feel, you know, put them into like a different era or make them a little more timeless. Like it's mm-hmm. too late, which is my single mm-hmm. um, was out in 71 it's from Carol King, who was an absolute genius. Um, but I wanted, instead of it being like that medium tempo bop where she's kind of singing, it's too late and she's okay with it. (laughs) I wanted to be absolutely devastated and heartbroken, Mm -hmm. um, and kind of give it almost a, a Billie Eilish, uh, you know, tormented kind of feel. I definitely heard that. That's, that's what I heard. I picked up on that, that passion, uh, a little bit of even pain in the record. Exactly. And I wanted to give it a little more of that angst. Um, that I feel when I hear those words, if you just listen to those words, man, they speak to you. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I just wanted to take songs, all those songs, uh, blew my mind when they first came out and I've lived through, uh, really with the exception of it's too late. Cause I was a baby when that came out, but that spoke to me by the time I had musical awareness in, you know, when I was like five or six years old, I was aware of that song and it, you know, it tore me up. So, uh, so listening to, to music since I was a little kid, I wanted to, to take songs that had spoken to me over the years and, uh, and dig into those lyrics and, and kind of find a new take on them. So when talking about the record Too Late, um, what, what feeling were you trying to provoke essentially from that record? Like what were you trying to draw out of the listener? Well, I think if you've ever lived through a relationship and through a breakup, um, that you can relate to like there's some words in there that just that just speak to me like uh it used to be so easy living here with you you were light and breezy and i knew just what to do now you look so unhappy and i feel like a fool like to me those lyrics are just devastating so i wanted while the original record has a strength about it where she's like taking a stand and saying it's too late um i wanted this to be more heartbroken that uh that when she realizes that it's over. It's too late and she's not okay with it. Um, 
so for that song in particular, there are so many lyrics that are just, if, if you've ever lived through it, you know. Um, and I wanted, and I also made a music video for this one too, because I just wanted it to, to convey a relationship that was once everything and you just don't know how to, to get it back. You don't know how to pick up the pieces. Definitely felt the record. Um, now the funny, the the irony of it is in the music video, it's my husband that stars in it with me. Okay. <laughs> and we've been happily married for twenty three years. <laughs> so congratulations. Was, uh, <laughs> thanks. And also congratulations on your both celebrating birthdays most recently. Yeah. Too. Now, as an avid fan of music and uh, creativity. I want to give you some feedback, what I thought about the Too Late record. So I definitely love the jazz and R&B soulful vibe of this record. Um, I heard a lot of different uh, genres and influences in the record. Um, mm -hmm. Smooth, uh, I thought it was very sultry, uh, relaxing, intoxicating sound. Um, I love the live music, like I said. Uh, great writing, writing on there, by the way. Great writing, uh, great vocals. Um, I hear a lot of the influences, like I said, of the even the, the being trained, professionally trained. I hear that. Um, I hear this on multiple platforms, this particular record. Production, it, it definitely accents the vocals. It's almost like it's not too heavy, but not it's not too light at the same time. I think it's a great balance with the with the, the music as well. Uh, oh, matching thanks. the vocals. And then, like I said, that live music, man, I just love it. Them, and when those horns kicked in, oh, man, yeah. Yeah, me. that I, trumpet I is just heartbreaking, yeah. isn't it? Oh man. The, uh, the fun thing about that trumpet player, uh, he's one of the best trumpet players in in Orlando, but he happens to be in my neighborhood. He lives in my neighborhood, so it's cool because I can actually hear him practice sometimes from out of my window, mm. and uh, and then we'll show up for gigs together and we'll be like, hey, I heard you, <laughs> I heard <laughs> you this morning. <laughs> But yeah, and then we'll you know we'll see him in the neighborhood walking his dog sometimes. But he's literally like the most in demand trumpet player uh, in our in Central Florida, and he happens to be my neighbor. So uh, wow. I the fun thing is I was probably sitting, you know, sitting in the house listening to him put down that track in that studio, and I didn't even in his home studio, and I didn't even know that it was going on at the time. Wow, that's the, now that sounds like it was meant to happen then, right? It's pretty cool. <laughs> so talk to us about, you know, being a writer and, a, and an artist and a performer. What, what do you appreciate most about creating music and performing music? Um, uh, for me, it should it should go past, you know, I don't like it that music sometimes can be so categorized into genres mm -hmm. or eras because to me, anything that's done well, it, it deserves to be appreciated. Um, so when people pigeonhole themselves and say, well, I don't like this kind of music or I love this, this kind of music only, you're missing out on so much great stuff. So I love it when music either transcends styles or generations. Um, yeah, I think it's really, really cool whenever, uh, whenever it's, it's done well enough to where it can be appreciated, you know, and even sometimes remade or sometimes people can collaborate that are from different you know, different styles of music and can, can bring it together. Um, and, you know, whenever people ask me what kind of music I like and listen to it, I basically say anything that's done really great and anything that's done where they can do duplicate it at least to a degree where they can pull it off live. I love, like, even I have a huge appreciation for Jason Mraz because I've okay. seen him live several times. And when he performs live, 
it sounds just as good, if not better, than his studio projects do. So while studio magic is a neat thing that can happen, um, I love live instrumentation and I love live vocals that can sound, I'm such a singer that I love to hear people who can bring it um, and you know that it's authentic, even when they're putting it on tape, you know that if they were to do it live in the, the room with you, that it would be just that good. Yeah. Now, speaking about those performances that you've watched, who are some of those artists that you've watched like coming up that have inspired you musically? Oh, I think everybody was pretty flipped over Prince. Um, for, <laughs> you know, that's my age. You had to just bow at the feet of Prince. Oh, and, I think um, that's a lot of age groups, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. that's true. He transcended. <laughs> He's transcended. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, and I loved Michael when he, Michael Jackson, when yep. he was out, and I actually got a chance to meet him and sing for him oh, uh, wow. when I was twelve, which was, and it was right when the Thriller album was out too. Wow. So it was like and such that's a, a big record too. Yep. And he told me, uh, "You remind me," because I was twelve at the time, and he said, "You remind me of me when I was uh, when I was young." And wow. so that was something I certainly took home. I <laughs> but I love say, Michael. Yeah. I, I Madonna was always a guilty pleasure, and I've got uh, okay. Crazy for You on my album. But I have uh, it's a little bit of a country take mm. on Crazy for You. Okay. Um, but to me, her production and her song choice was always just so incredible. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah agreed. And um, and you can kind of see if like even from the, the tracks that I've chosen, the songs that I've decided to do. Um, you know, the influences. I love the Eagles growing up. So I do, I do a Don Henley song. Uh, love, you know, that harmony. I grew up singing three-part harmony with my family. So anything that's harmony based like the Eagles was always great to me. Um, and then all the way through even, um, there's a track on there that's, uh, that's not as well known probably, but by a band called Sugarland that happens to be country um, called Love. And my family has that's always been road trip music for us singing that in, in three-part harmony, mm. my kids now. So, um, so it's like, you know, it, a, a, I love vocal music. I love really strong, great vocals and I love really great lyrics. It's truly beautiful that it, you not only packaged it up along with celebration of life, that you were able to celebrate, you know, your your soul, your music, your sound, and then engage so many people to, to bring this, you know, into fruition. Yeah, exactly. And and I think it is important as artists to know that you don't have an expiration date. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me ask you this. How important is that team around you? Um, talking about, you know, working with these different musicians and, you know, the support and help that you had putting out this latest project, your first solo project. How important is that team around you? Well, the fun thing is it's not a um, – it's not – just one team. It was kind of a network of people that I've known and nurtured relationships with my whole life. And, you know, you hear people say, well, don't step on people or don't burn bridges or that kind of stuff. It's really true. It's so important because if you look at the album credits, there are a lot of different people that I involved in this project. And some of them I've worked with since, I mean, one of the guys played on my parents' album in the seventies. <laughs> um, wow, okay. Another guy, the one that I was doing the recording with um, that I was, you know, telling you about earlier, Sammy uh, I've known since I was seven, some of the guys, there's one, one guy who did three tracks uh, did like the basis of three of the tracks of mine that I only met last year. And he uh, has been a performer for our company and he's only 25. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it took all kinds. It took all kinds of, of um, musicians to 
you know, to, to collaborate on this project. And I think it was really cool that they came from different phases of my life to where some of them, they think of me as their kid sister, almost like I'm a lot younger. Mm -hmm. And then some of them like this guy, I could be his mom. Um, <laughs> ben, I, I could have been his mom. So I've been a boss to him. Gotcha. I've been somebody who schedules him and provides him gigs and work through my entertainment company. And so uh, it really, it was wearing a lot of different hats with my relationship with these guys, but the team was, um, was super cool in that they all had kind of their own take on this and they, they understood what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. um, we were enough, uh, we were bonded enough and it collaborated enough over the years or in the past of where they, they got it. And, uh, and so it was super important. And I would say my network of people, especially here in central Florida, um, but as a pro musician, just never take for granted the people that you gig with the, you know, the people who might be playing on a band gig with you one day, maybe somebody who's important to you on a recording project later on. And so that's kind of where, where that came from too, is, is this team um, really has, has meant a lot to me during this album project because they've meant a lot to me over the years. Yeah. So, Let's see. Talk shows, awards, nominations, major projects and productions and releases. Uh, what's on the verge? What, what's up next for Shalisha James? I mean, you've done a lot. Well, <laughs> you've got the new release of the project, your first solo project. What's up next? That's right. When the world opens up a little bit more, uh, I'm, I'm starting to sing again and do shows again. Um, with my acapella group, we just did a show a couple nights ago um, with with Vox Audio, but when the world opens up again to where we can do bigger shows, um, I'm planning to do a, a one-woman show, a single show, but oh, with wow. a band okay. of celebrating these five decades of music, uh, songs from this album, and uh, and more, and kind of you know telling the stories and uh, and the significance of them. And uh, I already do a lot of theater uh, theater shows and concert halls and cruise ships with my group. So now I'll probably be doing more of that with, uh, with myself just okay. as a solo artist and, uh, and getting it out there. When, one thing that was important to me during this pandemic, it kind of brought me back to my roots of being a singer first and foremost, because I've been doing a lot of um, producing shows and a lot of music directing over the past 10, 15 years. And it was, a really cool reminder as those things were not happening when there were no shows to direct <laughs> and there were no shows to produce. Like for example, my husband and I together created the uh, Harry Potter show that is at universal studios. Okay. Uh, we created that together. And nice. so, and we still produce that they're actually playing again and they're singing masks now. Wow. But, <laughs> but during the time where there were no theme parks open, there have been no cruise ships running, no theaters were holding shows. I went, Oh Yeah. First and foremost, I'm I'm really doing all of these other things primarily because I'm I'm just a singer, yeah. I'm a vocalist, and so it's been a nice reminder to myself to get back to to those roots and to sing like I've never sung before. So that's what I plan to do uh, and to travel some and take my show on the road. Man, well I know these audiences are going to be amazed at your live shows. Um, great record. We're going to have the chance to introduce the new record too late in just a moment. Before we do that, though, I do want you to give out your social media for all our listeners to be able to follow you. Yeah, that's right. Um, on Facebook, I am Shalisa Sloan James, and I'm also Diva Life uh, is my page. 
I have shalisajames.com and you can even buy albums on shalisajames.com. Um, I am Shalisa Sloan James on, uh, on Insta. And uh, I have, my album is on Spotify, on Apple Music. It's on um, iTunes. It's on uh, Amazon Music. The album is called Shalisa, just one word, S-H-A-L-I-S-A, and it's five decades. Five decades. Y'all be on the lookout for that. We're going to go ahead and introduce one of the singles off of the project. Go ahead and introduce the single for Shalisha. Yeah, you might be familiar with Carol King's uh, version of It's Too Late from the first year of my life, which was 1971. Well, this is uh, my version of It's Too Late, just off this album, Five Decades. That's right. You're getting a chance to check it out right here. Turn it up right here on the Bandwagon Radio. Let's go. Stayed in bed all morning just to pass the time. There's something wrong here, there can be no denying One of us is changing, or maybe we just stopped trying But it's too late, baby, now it's too late Though we really did try to make it Something inside has died and I can't hide and I just can't fake it, no. Ah! <laughs> 
just can't fake it.